Hey, good evening. It is Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, the day uh, we celebrate Christ raising from the dead. I got a can of uh, liquid death here, and I gotta say, my uh, my good friend Theo Vaughn, um, <laughs> I, I had listened to his podcast for so long, and then probably about four months ago, I just stopped cold turkey, and uh, I was in Target the other day, I think it was Friday night. And I was like, is that, is that liquid death? And lo and behold, man, uh, <laughs> I don't get paid promotion by liquid death, but I got to say, this is about the best way to murder your thirst. So uh, been extremely active this weekend. I took... Uh, Took Thursday, Friday off work, um, so to to recap the training. Uh, Wednesday ran five miles pretty hard. Thursday five miles really hard, and then it led up to Friday the the day of twenty miles. And I'll tell you. I wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, I knew, for whatever reason, I didn't want to put a whole bunch of miles on my on my race shoes. So I'm honestly thinking I need to get another pair because I ran in my old beater shoes uh, that I've had for about two years, zero tread, um, just worn. So there wasn't a whole lot of support there. Not a whole lot of padding, if any, on the feet. But uh, I got some salty britches, anti-chafing uh, ointment cream, and I just rubbed that all over my feet, hot spots down on the soles, uh, armpits, kind of that that those lats behind my arms. Those kind of start to chafe, and then I hit hit it with a little hitter on the nipple. Uh, just to just to do it right, because I that, today was one of the first days uh, I was running with my hydration pack, and so here's mistake mistake number one was wearing my old tennis shoes. Mistake number two was my hydration pack, and I thought that I could get by with. Uh, with just the two front water bottles and I didn't even know how much water that was to begin with and I actually did half half Gatorade propel half water in each of them and uh, at the end I looked at it and there were there were only 350 milliliters a piece so over 20 miles I only took in 700 milliliters of liquid not good uh, I brought beef jerky I brought uh, some chewy granola bars and some uh, some dark chocolate covered coconut bars. It's uh, <laughs> all I had. I felt like Goggins out on his first uh, first ultra, 
and there was one place I knew I wanted to do it, and I'd never experienced the end of Waterton Canyon, but uh, I hit the bricks right around noon, uh, maybe 12.30, I'd say. And this is after two two pretty hard runs, um, only five miles apiece, though, on Wednesday and Thursday. Friday, hit Waterton Canyon, old shoes, hydration pack. I did have beef jerky in that. That was, that was the savior of my pack. Um, so self-supported over 20 miles. It's a little bit different. Um, different. First time I'd long, run that long at once uh, without you know, coming back to my house or doing kind of intermittent. But I'll tell you, Waterton Canyon ends after six and a half miles, and it turns in. There's this huge dam. It's really cool looking dam. And then uh, it's tall. It's like probably three or four hundred feet tall. And uh, after that, it's single track, walking trail, hiking trail wooded, dense, and steep. So at that point, after six and a half miles, I wasn't I wasn't even feeling too hot running up. Uh, I got to five miles, and I was like, maybe I'll just walk a little bit. And then I said, nah, nah, just keep going. So I made it to six, and I was like, I, I felt better by six. So by 6.2, 6.3, I saw the canyon, and that's where I did actually take my first pause, got some water, took a pee, and uh, ate some beef jerky. Because I was at the end of the trail, and I was like trying to read the map, see how much farther I had to go. I clocked it three and a half miles left, and uh, I was just basically power hiking up this trail. Uh, fastest I could go, power hike, could not run it, didn't want to run it. Um... I got to this peak, it's called like Lenny's Rest or something, and I met a mountain biker up there. I asked him, hey, how many miles yet here? He's like, where where from? Uh, Waterton Canyon Trailhead. And he said, oh, that, I got eight miles. So I decided, initially I decided, because it was going downhill from there, that I would run 20 minutes in and 20 minutes back to get the additional four miles, you know, 10 minute miles. Um, and I had to revise that due to about after eight to nine minutes this is the only time I turned my stopwatch on, uh, after eight or nine minutes, um, it started going uphill again, hit a little Creek. That's the first really water only water source after the start of Waterton Canyon. Um, well, besides the big, big river, beside you there for a while. Uh, so you hit the creek and I'm guessing that's at about nine, nine miles. And after that, it was more power hiking. So I decided to go 20 minutes deeper power hike speed, about three to four miles an hour. So 20 minutes, that's another mile. And then I hit a half hour, turned around, chucked it back. And, uh, it took me a full hour to get back to Lenny's rest 
and that eight mile point. So now I'm at 12 miles and I got a pretty significant downhill uh, slope after that. So I just jog out um, past this backpacker gal, just trucking, got a full like 55 liter pack. I should have asked her where she was coming from. Uh, well, I did see her. So I crossed her on my way up and then about, you know, I was about 20 minutes from my turnaround. And then, so I turned around and then I passed her on the way back and she was on Waterton Canyon Road. So I'm guessing she just walked back like 10 miles or or more and backpacked, camped, turned around, had a good weekend. So I'm thinking about doing that next next uh, time I, I get the chance. I got Thursday and Friday off this week as well, so... really enjoying this sparkling water straight from the Alps liquid death just try it out it looks like a Guinness can so it reminds me of drinking uh, drinking beer even though uh, you know we're two two months three days sober now so I can feel it in my body <laughs> all right. Uh, so that's 12 miles in. We got eight miles back to go. Long downhill slope. This goes quickly. And then we're back to the two-lane uh, Waterton Canyon Denver Water Service Road. That large dam. We're at about six and a half miles to go. And at this point, uh, there's there's a certain pain that is felt in the body and I didn't really want to recognize it it's hard for me to even talk about it now just because my whole goal was to not let any negatives be voiced uh, power the spoken word and what I kept telling myself was man isn't it crazy how I never get tired and uh I ran on, and every step was pretty agonizing, and it was eye-opening, I'll say, to feel what it felt to uh, go that far, and I did decide that I would go 19 miles, and by the time I hit one mile uh, out from the trailhead, I immediately found a little, uh, little offshoot down to the river, and stripped down to my skivvies and just sat in the river, ice bathed for, I'd say, about a half hour. And I think the whole 20 miles, well, I'd say 19 miles was really what I was getting to. Uh, hiking, you know, stopping a few times <laughs> to pee and uh, get some food. It took me well over four hours to do, and I was not expecting that. I was thinking, you know, man, I can run 10 miles fast in an hour and a half. This shouldn't take me over four hours. And lo and behold, it was well over four hours. I think it was closer to five. By the time I was out, it was an experience, to say the least. So after that, 
I didn't do much but uh but rest for the rest of uh the rest of Friday. Um Saturday came along and me and a buddy of mine, uh same buddy I'd hiked with last weekend, we picked another banger of a hike, Bear Peak, up in uh Boulder Canyon, and this was twenty seven hundred vertical feet of elevation gain and five miles round trip felt like 10 because it took us about three hours to do this hike and again i'm like man i can run 10 miles in an hour and a half and yet we're we're spending three hours to go five so just to show you the the time spent on incline and and how difficult that can be there was actually a really fun scramble at the top kind of loose uh, you know, where you're on all fours, basically climbing across a, a pretty cool, uh, you know, pinnacle point, knife edge, I would call it. Not crazy, but a little. And so that was that was an awesome rest day uh, Saturday. And Sunday, today, I just went on a small, nice uh, two-and-a-half-mile hike, about... 400 vertical feet and this was truly uh, a rest day and um, yesterday was an awesome day because my front suspension showed up and I'm not sure what I'm going to call this episode it might be how to install your front suspension and it might be how to run 20 miles I haven't, haven't decided yet or how not to run 20 miles, but on to, uh, to Saturday. So after the hike, I got home at about 1 o'clock. We went pretty early. It was a nice, cool, crisp morning. It was 32 degrees when I left the house, and by the time we got back, it was maybe 45. It was just cool, crisp. It was a little bit windy, uh, sunny, really nice day for a hike. And got back at 1, 1.30, and my suspension was sitting on the front porch, and I knew it, and uh, cracked it open, looked at it, said, it's time. I actually uh, got some PB blaster, um, bust up the rust on the bolts, and I sprayed them the night before, so I don't know if that helped. I'm, 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 th- I'm praying it did. The bolts came out fairly, fairly easily. You uh, hit them with a wire brush, PB blaster, wire brush, PB blaster, just as much as you need. And so, I was watching videos. They're like, "Oh yeah, the way you want to get, you want to get your uh, new coilovers." And so, you know, the the coil spring, just buy it in, you know, pre-manufactured is extra two hundred bucks. But I said, you know, fuck it, <laughs> it's worth it. Um, so the whole front suspension cost me just two springs and shocks built uh, was 560 bucks, and I said, let's do it. And I went for the 2887 OME spring, and basically that will give you two and a half inches of lift uh, with a double cab. So... That's what I got. I measured it before. I was right around 19 and a quarter. 
and I measured it after, and I was at 21 and three quarters. So lo and behold, that's after driving it and letting it settle just a little bit. It might settle out just a little bit more, but we got two and a half inches lift in the front, and we got about an inch and a half lift in the back. So in lieu of having about a two-inch rake in the back, now we got about a one-inch rake, if that, uh, loaded down with all my solar gear and more gear. It should pretty much level out. I'm going to try to basically load my gear in uh, perfectly so it, it just kind of level levels the truck all out. So on to installing the suspension. That was a trick. Um, for one, you want to undo the, uh, it's like a little bolt kind of low left hand side when you're looking at the front wheel. And it's like a stabilizer type deal. And so initially I had too long of a uh, socket and believe it ended up stripping uh, basically the the bolt came a little bit uh, off tilt off center uh, degree tilt and then it ended up you know when I was taking it off basically re-threading <laughs> threads onto the bolt and I was like man I might have to get a new one lo and behold when I threaded it back on it was tight and there was no issue so the, the issue I did run into was uh, removing the bottom bolt. Uh, very difficult with all the tension that's kind of built up. I got 200,000 miles on this truck, and I'm not sure if these shocks have ever been replaced. I just don't know. Uh, but taking that bottom bolt out, it kind of runs into... Uh, something that's going into the into the wheel and so you got to be careful just basically tapping that out with a hammer and uh, applying pressure as necessary I actually had to flip my jack upside down um, once the tires off put it up into my wheel well and apply some pressure down um, just to get the the shock seated properly and the other issue was the uh, there's three bolts on top and one through bolt on the bottom and when I put those three bolts in that one through bolt on the bottom was about five degree canted off so the piston of the shock was about five degrees off what it should have been and I was like man I'm gonna have to <laughs> initially I was like I can't do that I gotta take it to a shop and have them basically unstress or stress this spring so that it's not resting on the on the piston of the shock so that I can turn the shock piston body five degrees so that it'll line up and what I ended up doing was basically put it up all three nuts threaded on the the bolts on top just so it's hung there supported and then I was able to stick a large rod through the bottom piston uh, through bolt area and twist and that actually got it twisted enough to where it just seated just perfectly into that uh, lower control arm and it was done I put the bolt on that was very difficult to get the bottom bolt through um, basically the next 
next step is getting the truck aligned and I was going to go camping on Saturday but by the time I finished it was about 6 o'clock and uh, there was just not not enough time to, to hit a trail and I didn't really want to go without uh, do a lot of miles without getting the tires lined after lifting it so that's the next step on Monday I take it to a tire shop get everything lined up I believe that just basically helps the wear and tear on the on the vehicle, uh, tires, joints, etc. Last thing I wanted to talk about today was the fact that Christ got up, and there's some common misconceptions surrounding the crucifixion burial, and resurrection of Christ. Let's talk about first step one, the crucifixion. There's this uh, verse in Matthew where Christ, right before he dies, he says, Eli, Eli, Lamana Shabachthani, and it's translated, uh, they think it's some him quoting some verse in Psalms. It's interesting that they left the Aramaic that's Jesus's tongue, what he spoke, Aramaic, in the English Bible. And I believe they left it in there because they didn't know how to translate this. And they did translate it as, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And whenever I read that in the Bible, I just hurt because I look to people who um, would look at that and say, man, if God would forsake Christ, his only begotten son, literally dying on the cross, then why wouldn't he forsake me for my sin? And I just hurt. And uh, luckily, I've been explained to taught that uh, if you look at George M. Lamza, he's a guy who actually spoke Aramaic and he translated this correctly and I might get into this in a future future podcast episode but the correct translation is my God, my God for this was my destiny It was a cry of triumph and not defeat. I cannot imagine Christ crying a cry of defeat on the cross. There's no way. There's no way the Father would have forsaken His only begotten Son. There's verses throughout the entire Bible that say, I will never forsake thee. I will never leave you. It... <laughs> Just pure contradiction to the entire Bible that I know and love. It's just an error in translation. Number two, the, bur the, the burial of Jesus. There's, uh, there's two burials. There's one guy who, he's a rich guy, and I forget his name, but basically he begs 
begs in quotation marks, but he asks Pilate for his body, and then all he does, because he knows that Christ is going to get up again, he wraps him in like a sheet and puts him in the grave. And the women are there, and they see that, oh, he's not buried according to custom. And then uh, another guy comes, and there's all the herbs and the spices, and they wound they wound the cloth around his body. And so there's two burials, the first one and then the second one. And then the third, uh, let's go back the, to the crucifixion. I missed this one, and tradition is that two were crucified with Christ. The truth is that four were crucified with Christ. There's two malefactors and two thieves or robbers, and you can see that clearly in the Greek that, uh, you know, both the the thieves or, or it's one of the one of the two or the malefactors deny Christ. So that makes two. And then one of the thieves or robbers of the two accepts Christ. And so all of a sudden we, we have to have four because there's two of each. And there's on either side two. So I'll explain that one to you. Two burials. He's in the grave for three days and three nights. Like it says, Jonah was in the heart of the whale. Or it says something about Christ being in the heart of the earth so long as Jonah was in the belly of the whale, something like that. And it was three days and three nights. How do you get three days and three nights off Good Friday to Easter Sunday? We have Friday day, Friday night, one night, one day. Saturday day, Saturday night. One, two days, two nights, best way you look at it. And then you're at Sunday morning. Three days, two nights. That's the very best you can get out of Good Friday, Easter Sunday. The truth of it is, is that Christ died on Wednesday just before sunset. And he got up Saturday just before sunset, three days and three nights, exactly 72 hours, which is what exactly he had to be to be declared dead. And that's when God got him up. That's all I can think of for the, the truth that sets you free in the Bible. Um, been having a great weekend. My fiance is out um, at her bachelorette weekend, so I got a uh, I got a Lego set. It's more than a Lego set. It's about fourteen hundred pieces, and it's a Ford F one fifty Raptor. And I'll tell you, it's got an engine. It's got a limited slip differential. It's got a transfer case. It's got everything that a real pickup has. It's got the shocks, the struts. And I was like, man, I kind of finished my truck. And I, this was last night. 
So last night I finished my my suspension and I was like, I'm gonna need something to do tomorrow or I'm just gonna go crazy. And uh, so I cleaned the house. And I've probably spent like four hours building this stupid truck, but I absolutely love it. And uh, it's just good fun. So I would uh, I would advise all out there to find things that you really enjoy and helps it just helps your mind helps your body soul just feel complete and uh, I've had a buddy of mine staying that's actually helped a lot um, just with my my personality I tend to do things I shouldn't do when left alone for too long and I do believe I'm getting better at that. But having my buddy here has been just a blessing um, and a joy. So you guys have a good week. I'll talk to you all Wednesday. Much love. You're the best.